Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Concentrate on three. Three P's. P. They all start with P. Results of His presence. You know, but before we go into the teaching, I want to take us back to last week. We spoke about resurrection power. That power that is in us. We are taking it a step further today. We are going to be talking about the result of His presence. The result of His presence. You know, it took me finishing this message to realize that by the grace of God, I'm a beneficiary of the result of God's presence. And I pray in the name of Jesus that each and every one of you present here and joining online will be a beneficiary of the result of His presence. You will enjoy the result of being in His presence. You will enjoy the result of being a host of His presence. Ah. You know, and today we are going to be making a lot of reference to the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. I'm sure we all know the story of the Ark of the Covenant in the Bible. A-R-K, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, but before we go in, you know, I just think it's better I give us some explanations. So the first thing I want to explain to us is, let's, it's good to be religious, but <laughs> what's the use of being religious without power? Eh? What's the use of doing everything right, saying the right things, pretending to be a Christian, or even trying to be a Christian, and there's no power? You know, the Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, I mean, I like the way the Amplified Translation puts it. You know, I know we are all in our houses. I want us to read together. We all, let's read. I'll call, I'll call it and we'll read together. I'm sure you can see it on the screen. One, two, three. Let's go. For although they hold a form of piety through religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct bellies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. They deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. My own kind of amplified way it says, it says, holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Denying the power thereof. A lot of us say we are Christians. Yes, we are Christians. But there's power that comes with Christianity. When Jesus was giving the great commission, what did he say? He says, This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And he went on. There is power. As, as a believer, what confirms that you're a believer is the power you carry. There is power that comes with being a believer. And I'm here to tell you today an awesome good news. You have the power, but you need to realize it. I'm sure a lot of us growing up, we used to watch, I don't know which movie now. You know, you watch movies where actually children's movies where maybe there'll be a guy that you know I'm not giving you an analysis for analysis purposes there'll be a young guy that maybe is a, is a descendant of like a god 
you know those kind of movies or like a legend or someone that is powerful and something is deposited in the person, but the guy is living a normal loser life. Do you get what I'm saying? And at some point, maybe someone will come to him and say, you have to believe. <laughs> you know, you have to believe that it's in you. So maybe the person has the gift of flying. They'll take the person to a room. The person will fly and fall down first. Then stand up, then try again. You know what I'm trying to say? You have the power in you. Some people say, Pastor, how do you know? How am I sure I have this power? It's only for pastors. Let's open the Bible. It's not for pastors, it's for everybody. We all have power. Hallelujah. Let's, because we need to understand first and foremost that God dwells in us. When God dwells in you, there is power. When the God of heaven is in you, are you, what, what kind of person? You can't be normal. Hallelujah. But I want us to first, let's, let's, in fact, before we go there, I want to back up a little. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Exodus 25, 8 to 9. I want to talk about how the, let's just understand what the Ark of the Covenant means. You know, it's, you know, all of us grew up knowing, or from Bible study, we know that the Ark of the Covenant signifies what? What does it signify? The presence of God. Hallelujah. But you know, in case people don't know, I just want also our Bible references. Exodus 25, 8-9. God says, he was talking to Moses, he says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live amongst them. You must build, he says, so that I can live amongst them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Then he gave them the descriptions and all that. You know, if you go later on, the part that God said, he can't go with them, he will send an angel with them. He said, because if he goes with them, he will kill all of them. <laughs> he said, he will kill all of them. Now, these people are just not normal. They're always doing strange things. You know, because I'm looking, you know, I, I, I was talking at the story of how they made the golden image, the golden calf. And I'm like, these are people that God has delivered so many times. Moses went away for how long? So you understand those kind of people? So God is saying, you know what? If I'm with these people, I may just destroy them. Which is why if you think of the things God put in the motion, the kind of processes, it will just, because God cannot stand sin. Till today, he can't still stand sin. But because of Jesus, we now have access. But let's now go back. So we understand now that the Ark of the Covenant signifies God's presence. Okay, so now, my question to us is, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Eh? Uh-uh. Where is God? Everybody's saying everywhere. <laughs> eh? Where is God? <laughs> eh? Is that, I know, I agree that God is everywhere. Eh? That's what I want to hear. Eh? I can't, I can't see. <laughs> God is everywhere. We have God in us. You know, a lot of Christians struggle with that. How can the old God be in me? A lot of people struggle. How can God be every? <laughs> May God deliver us in Jesus' name. Anyway, let's quickly open our Bibles to the book of um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. I'm going to read quickly from the Passion Translation. It says, And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us into, he welcomes us, welcomes us to come into the most only sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn into two, Jesus' body was torn open for to give us free and fresh access to Him. That's to God. As we, since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house. 
we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside out. Hallelujah. Quickly, let me take the second reference. 1 John 14, 12 to 13. 1 John, sorry, 1 John 4, verse 12 to 13, TPT 2. It says, No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, what does he say will happen? God makes his permanent home in us. Are you seeing that? And we make our permanent home in him. For his love brought, his love is brought to his full expression in us. He says, if we love one another, what does God do? He makes up his permanent home in us. So where is God? Ha! So this is the same God that needed an act to be built. For him to just stay within his people. Even with the act that was built, they couldn't still come. It took special people to come and access him. It's not that same God that is in us. Hallelujah. Let's quickly move forward. Let's move forward. You know, one thing we need to understand clearly, you know, in the Old Testament, God dwelt amongst his people. Take this down. It, understand this. In the Old Testament, God dwelt amongst his people. But in the New Covenant, God dwells within his people. Hallelujah. In this New Covenant, God dwells within his people. Upgrade. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're quickly going to look at what are the byproducts of this presence. I feel the Holy Spirit wants us to know these three things. I don't, I believe, you know, God is a God of order. God is a God, he's a strategic God. is a planner, master planner. I believe the reason why this world is coming is very linked to the, um, to this season. The season of God will do it again. We are going to start fasting. It's just to let you know who you are so you can key into what God is set to do. I've told you the theme of this fast is higher ground. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we will all be lifted Amen. to higher ground. Amen. You know, and I keep praying to God that for us as a people, like we'll be the kind of people that no one is left behind. You know, because a lot of times, you know, when God moves, a lot of times there are always people that, so people are always by the wayside sometimes. But that will not be our portion. I pray we will be the church that everybody's carried along. We will be the church that everyone moves with the wind. We will be the one that the church that everybody will ride. Because what is happening now is this fast is like a wind. It's going to blow people and going to lift people up to higher ground. I want to encourage us to press in. Now, we are going to press in differently. We are not going to press it from the position of begging, of, 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 of struggling. We are pressing it from the position of victory. You are going to enter this fast, start this fasting season knowing who you are. That you carry God in you. You are a host of his presence. Hallelujah. So quickly, the first thing I'm going to speak about, the first result the Spirit of God wants us to know is peace. One of the results of God's presence is peace and joy. I join them together because I can't separate them. Peace. Peace. You know the kind of peace that comes from knowing that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world? 
You know the kind of peace that comes from knowing that irrespective of the storm, look at Jesus. When Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and there was a storm, what happened? He was asleep. And when they came to meet him, he stood up and he said, peace be still. And the, waves, the storm ceased. And he said, what manner of man is this that even commands a storm? What kind of peace do you enjoy because you have his presence? Is it the kind of peace that is just by mouth? That any little thing that happens, you start to panic. You become anxious. Or is it the kind of peace that in the midst of the storm, you are relaxed? You know, a lot of people look, a lot of people think things have to be good for you all the time for you to appreciate God. I wish sometimes I can open my life up to see some things that I'm working on or I'm, I'm praying to God to help me with. You'll be amazed. Some people say, ah, pastor is always enjoying. God is always helping him. <laughs> if you know my scars, if you know the battles I fight, and I'll be smiling and I'll be worshiping God. Why? Because I have peace in the midst of the storm. I have peace. You will enjoy peace in the name of Jesus. Do you know why I have peace? Because I know that God does not forsake his own. And God has given me, God has helped me to always remember where he brought me from. A lot of times, God has delivered us from numerous battles. Then a small battle comes up and you begin to panic. That thing is one of the things that, I, don't, I mean, that, that tends to get the Israelites in trouble all the time. All the time. That's the attitude of the old Israelites. I don't even know if they've changed. Maybe they've changed now, hopefully. But that was the attitude. God brought you out. He divided water. Took you through the Red Sea. Next thing you are saying, oh, you are hungry. How? I mean, I'm just imagining. I, I used to, I, somebody used to try to say, God, if I was there, I don't think I would think like these people, though. Why? I don't think I would, because I would look at this God that did that. What's food? If someone can divide the whole sea, he can bring all the fishes of the sea out and roast them while they are landing on the ground. Yes! So we forget quickly. Thank you, Pastor Demola. We forget. We forget. So when there's a little trial, oh, I'm in trouble. Peace as a result of his presence. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Trust me, that peace cannot be explained. He said it exceeds anything. It's beyond our imagination. It's the kind of peace that people say you're a mad, you're a mad fellow. How can this be happening to all of us and you are calm? That's peace. I'm just waiting for the permission of the Holy Spirit to share something with you. Something that, just so that you understand what I'm talking about. Maybe I want to use my life as an example. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to permit me. Maybe we'll permit it later in this message. I'll share it. In Psalm 16 verse 11, it says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures that comes with living with you forever. Listen, when you have God, you have everything. Until you realize that and understand that God is more than enough, you will keep struggling with the things you should not be struggling with. You'll be struggling with the things that God has put you over. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Permission granted. 
I mean, I'm standing here and I'm smiling. I'm telling you, God has done us some things in my life. <laughs> if you know the... <laughs> if you know the other thing, that, I you, let me just share one with you. Something I'm trusting God to help me from. I have a container that's been in Nigeria since November. It has been at the post, port authority, at the port, like Nigerian port, since December. This is what? April. The goods in the container are worth over $100,000. And they are sitting there. But God is God. I sleep like a baby. I don't worry about it. God of heaven will resolve it. I'm just sharing my own experience so that you know that it's not as if everything is. I don't know what your trouble is. It's not trouble. If you know what people go through. But I trust that God is God. In the midst of it, God is doing mighty things. And I know that God has started the good work. We'll complete it. If I went, they started delaying the container. I said, God, if I pay my tithe, thank God I paid the tithe. If not, I will have, have been second-guessing myself. That, ah! That's how you lose them. I will even have faith to push it. I said, God, I tithed on the money I used for this business. My container must, be, must come to, I mean, you know, when it, God will help the government of, the, of that country. You know, when they want to frustrate young, innocent business people. <laughs> but it is well, you know. And I keep looking at the expiry date. I said, God, this thing must not expire. <laughs> but I know God is in charge. And God has told me that don't worry. It, it will be a testimony because that thing will move, it will get to where it's going, and everything will sell out in the name of Jesus. In fact, you know, the funny thing is, I had planned a lot of things in my life around it. That's where the testimony is now. I had planned some things, projected a lot of things on that container. That, ah, if it leaves in November, it will be in, in the US by January. I have customers that I was already working on getting the things to. So by February, the money will have come to use for something. Guess the, the thing about it. God has been helping me to do those things without needing that. So God is still God. And at the end of the day, God will still make it work out. In the name of Jesus. So my point to you today is, I was I'm testifying, I'm rejoicing, I'm growing, I'm not crying. Some people will have had that attack. Some people will not be able to sleep. $100,000. What is $100,000 when God is concerned? I've seen the peace that God gives. So I cannot explain it. I don't know why I'm not worried. Sometimes I'm worried that why am I not worried? I'm like, should you not be worried? Are you, are you, do you have a lackadaisical attitude? Like, why are you not worried? I'm not worried. So, so even so, there's somebody, even the person in charge will be calling me, sir, ah, I'm so sorry that we are on this team. It's a uh, uh, NAFDAQ or this, you know, different things. They'll be calling to me and I'll say, no problem. No, it's okay. God, I will even be praying for him. I don't worry, God will help us. It is well in Jesus' name. I say, what kind of man is this? <laughs> Peace! Result of his presence. Why? Because you, because you know you have God, you are at peace. You know that God is on your side. It's not just on your side, it's inside of you. Hallelujah. Let's quickly move on. The second thing is, I'm going to share a story with you very quickly. I'm sure we know the story. The story of Obededom. So you know what I'm going to talk about. P, what's the second P? The second P, was it? Prosperity. 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 Because, see, that is a, prosperity is a normal byproduct with God. Look at the friends of God. Go and look at the scriptures. Look at the scriptures. Look at the people that God worked with. People that God is saying, I want to talk to this person. People that, you know, with Abraham, God says, how will I go and do something without telling? Ha! What a relationship. What did the Bible tell us about Abraham? His wealth. Unbelievable. What of Isaac, son of the covenant? Unbelievable. What of Jacob? What of Joseph? What of David? What of Solomon? Look at them. The friends of God. 
But let's quickly look at, you know, now we've, we've, we've agreed together that the ark of God signifies the presence of God. So something happened in the scriptures. The children of Israel, I'm not going to tell you the full part of this story because I'll tell you a part of it later. So something happened in this thing. The children of Israel went to fight a war and <laughs> the Philistines captured the ark of, they won them and they captured the ark of the covenant. So more or less they captured the presence of God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? thing was, when the children of Israel got to the battle, when they carried the ark, so what happened before was, oh, I don't want to say this story. I have a purpose for not saying this story yet. Okay, I won't say it completely. Let me just say half of it. So, I don't want to say the full story. What part will I give you now? I won't say it twice. Wait. I wait for it. So basically, the children of Israel, right, they lost before. I won't give it. They lost. So the Philistines beat them. They now said, ah, Perhaps let's go and carry the ark of God. He will save us. You know, when they were bringing the, the Bible says when they were bringing the ark of covenant, the Philistines were afraid. They said, "This is that thing that gives the people victory. This is that thing. This is that their God. This is that their God that delivered them from the Egyptians." They were afraid. So what did they say? They said, "You know what? Fight with all your might. Fight with all your strength. Perhaps we may just win the battle." Meanwhile, God has already deserted the Israelites. That was the time of Eli and his children, Ophni and Phineas. So they went to battle. They won the Israelites. They now carried the Ark of God. You know, I'm going to suspend the story there. I'll fast forward it three, if, a couple times after. Anyway, so at a particular point in time, they returned the Ark of God to the Israelites. Now, David went to carry the Ark of God. I'm fast forwarding it again from when David carried the Ark of God till a point that something happened on the way. When David carried the Ark of God, that or when these people carried the ark of God, that made David afraid of the ark of God. He says, okay, I'm not going to, who, bring, who can live with this kind of thing that is so trash, that is so, so terrible? Take it to the house of Obededom. So let's look at the story quickly. 2 Samuel 6, verse 10 to 12. Quickly, 2 Samuel 6, verse 10 to 12. It says, so David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obededom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obededom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obededom and his entire household. Then David was told, then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obededom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obededom to the city of David with a great celebration. I pray in the name of Jesus that things that the enemy or the people around, even powerful people, want to just dump. I say, okay, let's just leave this one. Let this one suffer the problem. God will turn it around for your good. In the name of Jesus. The presence of God was in Obededom's house. Seated. And what happened? Blessings. See, there's something I've learned over time. You know, another thing that um, when you have... When you have... I remember when we started this... Um, when we started, you know, we started from the basement of my house. Then we moved to a hotel. Um, quality suit. I can't forget that. And I remember the day those people were going to give us that place to start using every Sunday. I told them one thing. I said, what's your patronage, patronage like? He said, it's not bad. It's, it's quite slow. It's always slow, but we're just getting through. I said, because we are coming here, it's going to change. So I remember when we used to get there normally in those days, we'd be the only people entering, nothing. I just noticed that sometimes we'll be waiting for key. Like we have to wait on a queue. For key. Sometimes we'll come there, we see people having breakfast. After a while, I, go, I heard that the government took the place and put some set of people inside their whole hotel. The presence of God. Some people, there are testimonies of people that have opened their houses for house fellowship. And people come to meet there. God comes down. 
you know, speaks to them everything, that presence causes there to be a change. Now, my point is this. You have God in you. So if you see that you are prospering, it's just normal. It's the byproduct. The anomaly is the opposite. Are you listening to me? The anomaly is the opposite. So when people are saying, oh, God has blessed me, God has given me this, that's normal. That's what it should be. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is what the presence of God does in a life. Because God himself, do you know why? Because God does, <laughs> anything that God is involved in, is, is involved in, it blows up. Everything that God involves himself in will always blow up. That is God. Look at his nature, creation, healing. Think of God. Anything that God involves himself with, will blow up. So another, the byproduct is prosperity. Prosperity. Very key. So for as many people as have been struggling, allow God into your life. It's a journey. We are going to talk later about how God is not a lucky charm. Some people, when they need God, when they have problems, they will call God. Once their problem is up, they move on. The only time they remember God is when there is problem. That's what the children of Israel turned to. That's why the Philistines defeated them and carried the ark of God. Now, the third byproduct. Now, we're going to be wrapping it up here. The third byproduct is power. I want you to say after me, power. The third byproduct is power. And that's why we've been speaking about resurrection power. I mean, you guys, you know, I told you about all those guys. <laughs> How they carried the ark. Before we go into what happened when they took the ark of God, when they captured it, they captured it, they felt they had captured the presence of God. Okay? I'll tell you what happened there. But before we go there, you know that there was a time, how many of us are aware that it's not only when Moses, there's another time in the Bible when a sea was parted for the Israelites. How many of us know that? It was not just the Red Sea. Another thing happened and the presence of God was involved. The ark of God was involved at the time. Let me quickly read the story to you. It's in Joshua chapter 3. Verse 14 to 17. It says, So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Next one. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, what happened? The water above that point began backing up a great distance, away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea. And the riverbed was dry. Go on. And then all the people crossed over near to the town, over near the town of Jericho. Go on. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Hallelujah. Do you understand what happened there? They were going to cross the river. The priests, as soon as they stepped there, the water started receding. They went to the middle and stayed. The presence of God. As long as they held the presence of God there, everyone was able to move. When everybody left, they walked out and the water receded. That's power. Power. The presence of God. Another way... <laughs> You know, for those that have become too familiar with God, 
Um, I really don't know how to land this one. But I feel that God wants us to be warned. For those that become too familiar with the power of God, with the things of God, that we refuse to reverence God and honor God. It's a dangerous place to be. Let's look at another place that the power of God was, was, was made manifest. But in, in a not, the way it happened, a lot of people still question it to you today. But let's read it together. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 6 to 9. It says, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and, the, and God struck him dead because of this. And Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named the place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah. And it is still called that today. David was now afraid of the Lord. And he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So that's what resulted in him taking it to the house of Obededom. Uzzah. How many of, how, do you know the reason why that happened to Uzzah? How many of us know the reason? Eh? Do you know why? Can anyone help us? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Any other one? Do you have any anybody that has any on a pole? Yes, with a pole. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was going there. So if you, <laughs> I mean, this is God. You know, when, when when I saw the link, I was like, God is the God of process. Is the God of systems. If He has put systems in place, you know. May God help us in Jesus' name. And that before we... Okay, so let me explain why that happened. If you look at the instructions God gave Moses when he was talking about the Ark of Covenant and the building, he said the Ark is, going, is meant to be carried on poles by Levites. But what happened in this case is it was carried on a cart with animals. And Uzan, I can't remember the second guy's name, were the ones guarding it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the fact that, first and foremost, God was already not happy with that system. Then the thing now tried to fall and Uzzah tried to hold it. Now what can you learn from Uzzah's experience? So I, you ask me that, is it that God wanted the thing to fall down? You cannot help the power of God. Have you, you can, so I've seen a lot of believers trying to, to help God carnally. I don't know how to explain it to you. Ah, you know that's why the Bible says they that they that um have the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I've had times in my life when I try to help people that I shouldn't help, and God punished me dearly, and God warned me. He says he's in a he's in a process, he's working on this person. Who are you to help? Why didn't you reach out to me first? And I backed off. A lot of times. We do. <laughs> For some people, it's being politically correct. What Uzzah was trying to do seemed right. Jack of God is about to fall down. Karen, that's a good thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, not every good gesture is necessarily spiritual. You need to be careful. I see people trying to do like they are defending God and they are attacking the church. Careful. 
It's more like the case of the ark is about to fall. But they will not say, hey, should we allow you to fall? Is it not God that owns the ark? Is it not God that is in the ark? Has he given you the instruction? Is that the ministry he gave to you? May God help us in the name of Jesus. I don't want this thing to take our time, but go study it more. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you. But one thing I can tell you is, be obedient to God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Stop acting carnally all the time. Like you need to yield to the Holy Spirit. And I remember, I mean, later on, when David was going to carry it from Odoedon's house, he told them, he said, he said, initially, we carried it the wrong way. Levites, get yourself ready. They sacrificed, they wore the right clothes, they got the poles and carried it properly. May God help us in Jesus' name. Unfortunately, Anusa was trying to do a good thing. Apparently, I don't think, yes, that sea finish was there because the, the, the ark of God was so sacred to them that normally they shouldn't even touch it. But because they'd been around it, it was like, well, I mean, like, like I can always, let me help it not fall down. They had forgotten. But I think the, what he wanted to do was actually to save the thing. But unfortunately, that is what he got. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Now, back to the story. We are still talking about the result of God's presence, power. We are going back to the story of when the Philistines captured the ark of God. So when they captured the ark of God in their mind, they were like, ah, that this so there's no more power. This thing is no longer, this, their God is no longer powerful. We can move on. So what happened to them? First Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. It says, after the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon, that's their God, and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Ashod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen, um, fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. But the next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord again. This time, his head and hands had broken off and they were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. So let's move on a little further because after that, something happened. Those said, what kind of problem is this? Take this thing away from here. So they now move the ark of Let's see what happens. So they moved the ark of, the, of God, of the covenant, to Gath. So the Bible says, when the ark arrived at Gath, this is verse, I think it's 9 to 11, yes. When the ark arrived at Gath, the Lord's heavy hand fell on his men, young and old. He struck them with a plague of tumors, and there was a great panic. Move on. So they sent the ark of, the, of God to the town of Ekron. But when the people of Ekron saw it coming, they cried out, they are bringing the ark of God of Israel to kill us too. Go on. The people summoned the Philistines ruler again and begged them, please send the ark of God of Israel back to its own country or it will kill us all. For the deadly plague from God has already begun and great fear was sweeping across the town. The power of his presence. So guys, I'm asking you a question. You know, last week, we spoke about the resurrection power in us. If God's presence can cause chaos in the camp of the enemy, then why does the enemy have access to us? Are we missing something? I mean, if God's presence could cause this much chaos in the camp of the Philistines, why is it that God is in us? And it seems that some are still losing battles. Or is it that God is not in you? 
I'm going to get to that. One of the reasons. Sin. But before I go into sin, sin. Sin. But sometimes some people still carry God and don't realize that I don't know what happens to us that we allow the devil. I mean, you should read these stories and understand that. I, I, that's how I think. I think that's how God has helped me. Because I read this and I'm like, if so, okay, that was what the presence of God did. And I now have this God. Then who can stand against me with power of darkness? So I guess what now happens is when you come to that realization, they don't even show themselves again. Because I've been waiting. I remember I was just with some people some time ago. I said, I wish those people didn't just show themselves and come to this field. They said, God forbid! Don't pray that kind of prayer! <laughs> you have! <laughs> Maybe because in Canada, people they, even in Canada, some of you, when you see that your neighbor, they have like a statue in front of the house, you won't let that, you will be running away from them. When, when you are parking, you will park near the house. Or back home, they tell you that, so oh, this person is there, which you won't go, you will run. Why are we afraid? You have the power of God in you. Why are we so scared? Why? We have the power of God. Why is it that? You know, that's why in GFH, we always tell everyone, we are fighting from a place of victory. You are going to win. You are going to win. In fact, yes, you've already won. It's just the manifestation. I guess who is the person that is going to rule to determine who wins? Who? It's your father. It's God. And the Bible calls him the head of all principalities and powers. They, they submit to him. And you now have him in you. So for anyone that has been contending with the powers of darkness, you will take your rightful place from today. In the name of Jesus. I don't know, Pastor, but maybe one of these times, I don't know, very soon, can we do a teaching, maybe during Bible study, on His presence? How do we sustain His presence? How do we host His presence? How do we enjoy His presence? How do we keep His presence? How do we ensure that we don't let the presence go? Do you understand? Can we just... Please, and let us know when that teaching is going to happen because I want everyone to pay attention. You need to learn. There's, see, there's, no, there's so much that God asked for us today. I'm only going to be able to deliver as much as God has allowed me. I don't have time. But there's a lot that you can learn. You can't keep living a life of defeat as a child of God. We are carriers of God's presence. From today, I pray that we'll begin to enjoy the results of His presence. I mean, something amazing happened after that story, what we just read. So what happened? They took it to that town. Those ones said, no, don't bring it here. Guess what happened later? The next chapter, the leaders met together. They called their diviners and everything. You can't imagine what happened. They said, we have to send this thing back to Israel, but we cannot send it alone. We are going to send it with a guilt offering. You know, I was reading that scripture yesterday when I read that part and I was weeping like a child. Do you know what that means? It means they took it to their land. They captured the presence of God. They are not going to return the ark of God. They said, we cannot just send it like that. We have to, how do they know about guilt offering? They don't know what I'm saying. The enemy, they did a guilt offering. They made a, how did they even know about it? They put, put cows, did everything. <laughs> and they sent it back. They went to their leaders. They said, when you are taking the guilt offering back with the, 
act like when, so they took it to a town on the outskirts. When they got to that town, they now stayed behind, they were hiding. Those ones now came to the act, they were happy. Wow, the Levites among them came, you know, they saw they were so excited. They, they now, those ones now sacrificed those animals, they did the sacrifice to God. And so the Philippines were watching that okay, they've taken it now, they are going with it. Okay, let's go. Perhaps it will have had the prayers, and our people will be free of the plagues. But something happened that night. The Bible says over 70 people in that camp died that night. Why? Why? This part of this power I'm still talking about. The Bible says they were looking into the ark. People that are not odd, they didn't have the authority. They were looking into it to see what was there. The Bible says God struck 70 of them. Go read it. But the amazing thing in this is, do you know what it means? I don't know if you can relate to what I'm saying. So somebody comes, takes something away from you, your enemy. And when they are going to return it, they write, uh, maybe they put a scripture that, maybe they write a whole Bible passage that they are quoting it. I don't, what can we, do you understand what I'm saying? They are coming back or they are singing a song of, these people, maybe they don't even believe in God or anything. They are coming to you and they are saying, praising the Lord always. They are bringing everything they've stolen. That shows the power of God. It's, you know, they, they tried everything they could. They saw that this God is no match for them. So from today, anybody, see, those people that tried to touch God that were not authorized to touch God, what happens to them? They were killed. People that should not have, they are not meant, authorized to look into the, the act that looked into it. What happened to them? They were burnt. They were killed. Anybody that tries to touch you from today, the fire is on you. They should not be able to. They will not be able to. In the name of Jesus. Amongst the higher ground, we are moving to as a people. We are moving to a higher ground spiritually. The ground where you know who you are in God. The ground where you know you are a carrier of His presence. The ground where nobody can oppress you anymore. The ground where you take your possessions. Yes! The way they carry their own God, they thought they can carry God like that. Who, who are you? The way they carry Dagon and put Dagon there, they thought they would carry the God of heavens. How many of you remember that when Moses said, can I see a glimpse, have a glimpse of your glory? The Bible says God had to hide him. So that he said, no one can see me and leave. He had to hide him and pass. He just saw him back. Just a glimpse. And the Bible said, because of that little glimpse, when Moses came back, they had to cover his face with a veil. Then some non-entities want to carry that God. Because they won the battle. Where God felt he should just be silent. So listen to me today. See, it's always good to be on the side of God. As believers. Please, don't be on the other side. So I'm talking to, I pray we are all believers. But perhaps you are here today. Maybe you are not yet a believer. And you are contending against a child of God. And it seems God is silent. Like it seems you are winning the battle against them. By the time God arises, I pray you will not get burnt. That's what happened to the Philistines. They said if, if the God could not deliver them, then that means that God is powerless. But God is alive. It's powerful. God is doing exploits. He's doing his... There's a revival going on as we speak. God is changing lives. God is raising men. These words that are coming today are words to let you know who you are in Christ. That from today, you will not suffer defeat anymore. From today, the way you approach situations is on the place of confidence. From a place of someone that carries the presence of God. You will say to the sick, be healed in the name of Jesus. You will say to the oppressed, let loose. In the name of Jesus. You say to demons, come out. And they will come out. 
Why? You are not the one saying it. It's the God in you that is speaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So you will ask me, so why don't people experience these results? Why don't believers experience these results? Because we treat God like a lucky charm. Good luck charm. When you have problems, you run to God. You pray, 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 pray. After that, you move back. Or you treat God like something like a... Yes, like an ATM. Or like, you know... You know how people that are going to... You know, the, the people of old, the traditionalists and all that, when they are going for the war in those days, they will keep themselves up, tie their stuff, you know, tie the, the beads and everything for power. That's how we treat God. We treat God like, oh, when you need him, just wear him. But God is saying, that is not how I function. I don't work like that. I don't, I, I don't want to help you with your troubles. I want to be in your life. I want to be a part of every decision you make. I want to dine with you. I want to be your father. I want to be your friend. I want to be everything to you. That's what God is saying. So maybe you've been doing it wrong. That's why you're not experiencing results. From today, you begin to do it right. And you begin to experience the results. What God is saying is, don't just come to me on Sundays alone. He says, I want to be with you on Monday. I want to be with you on Tuesday. I want to be with you on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. I want to be with you all the days of your life. Don't isolate me. You know, I came across a quote from a, 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 a study I was doing. And it says, God is not obligated to help those who choose to live in willful disobedience. God is not obligated to help those who choose to live in willful disobedience. One thing God will not do. Yes, God will give you grace to live above sin. But when you are going to make those choices, there's not much God can do. You have the power of the choice. Some people have chosen to live in willful disobedience. And they expect God to come to their aid. It doesn't work that way. God is saying, come. Let me be your father. Come, let us do life together. Then you will enjoy the byproducts of being with me. You can't come to God because you want to prosper. No. You can't come to God because you want peace. No. You can't come to God because you want um, power. No. You come to God because you want God. You have to accept all of him. These things I told you are just three things. There are thousands of benefits of his presence. But I believe for this season, God needs us to have this revelation so that we can appropriate that power. And in the name of Jesus, as we begin our fast tomorrow, as we press in, you're going to be pressing indifferently. The way you're going to be praying is going to change because you now know you have God in you. You have the one that delivered the children of Israel. You have the one that caused there to be plague in the land of Egypt. You have the one that caused there to also be plague in the land of the Philistines. He is in you. So when you're entering this fast, you're not going to be spending your whole Three weeks, every day, morning and night, praying against your enemies. No. It's beyond that. You're going to be worshipping God. You're going to be adoring Him. You're going to be thanking Him for who He is. You're going to be pressing Him, knowing more about Him. You're going to be trying to, to you're going to be asking Him to reveal Himself to you. Because as long as that power is activated in you, I, who can touch the anointed of God? That's why the Bible says, touch not my anointed. And do my prophets know how. I pray in the name of Jesus. That as many people as have been struggling. 
as many people that when you look at your life, you can't see the result of his presence. I pray that there will be a change from today. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will open your heart and allow God to come in. I'm going to make a very quick call for people. You know you are one of those that have been living in willful disobedience. You can't expect God to be obliged to help you. You are not his child. You've been stifling his presence. God cannot live in a life of sin. He cannot cohabit with you with that kind of life. God wants to give you another opportunity. What an opportunity. This opportunity is a day before we begin our fast. To make your way straight before God. Yeah, you may say, Pastor, I've given my life to Christ before. But how has the work been? This is an opportunity to start a new work. This is an opportunity to start a new journey. And God is opening himself up to you. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God is saying, come to me, and I will accept him, accept you. The Bible says, whosoever comes to him, he shall in no wise cast away. I'm giving you this opportunity now to make your way straight with God so that you can begin to enjoy the results of his presence. These results are amazing. These results are guaranteed. These results are always sure. Perhaps you're in your house and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to enjoy these results. They are open to you. God is ready to de deposit them into your life. God is ready to begin a walk with you. And guess the thing. For those that have been struggling with willful disobedience, as you start this new walk with God, it's going to release grace. The grace to live above sin. The grace to see those things you used to do before and say, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore. The grace to say, you know what, I used to be a very brutal person in my past. I'm no longer before. God will change it to become a meek human being. That is what God can do. So if you are here today or you are online and you are saying, God, Pastor, I'm ready to start another journey. I just want you to wave your hands to God wherever you are. Just wave your hands and say, Father, I thank you. Just say thank you to God. Just say thank you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. 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 I don't, now you can just say after me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for reconnecting me to the Father. Today, I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. I believe you died for my sins and you rose again on the third day. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for restoring me to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for your children. Your word says that whosoever is in Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, I declare newness into the lives of your children. I declare a new walk into their lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that they will enjoy your support. They will enjoy and experience the results of having your presence. In the name of Jesus, thank you, almighty Jehovah. We give you all the glory. And for everyone, I want to just open your mouth and say, Father, let there be restoration in my walk with you. Restore my work with you, Lord. For as many people's work as have been damaged, as have been strained, I just say, Father, restore my work with you. I want to have a new work with you. I don't care about the world. God wants it to be you and him, not you and the world. God is saying, come, let's be friends. Come, let's be father and son. Come, let's be father and daughter. Say, Lord, I accept your call. 
I want to start afresh, Lord. I want us to have this bond we used to have before. I want to experience the joy I used to experience. I want to experience peace. I want to experience your power. I want to experience the prosperity that you give. Lord, I receive you once again. I restore. I pray for a restoration of my work with you. In the name of Jesus, that I will hunger for you the way I used to hunger. I will thirst for you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the life that you are touching. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for your presence that is being restored in the lives of your children. Thank you for what you are set to do through these ones. Thank you, Lord, for the earth that will see the manifestations of your sons and daughters. Oh, we are grateful to you. Glory, glory be unto you, Father. 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 Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, I bow in honor of you. You are truly a great God. What a privilege it is to be host of your presence. What a privilege it is to carry you in me, Lord. What a privilege it is to walk with you. What a privilege it is to be a beneficiary of the results of your presence. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Honor and adoration I give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to encourage us, you know, especially for those that are new believers or those that are still young in their journey with God, we are about to start, I believe this is coming at the rightest time, we are about to start a class called the New Creation Reality Class. We are going to be teaching you how to hear from God. We are going to be teaching you what tongues mean, how to live as a believer. We are going to teach you the benefits of being a believer. It's very, very rich. It's a wonderful class to be in. By the grace of God, the class is going to be starting in about three weeks. So if you want to be a, mem- a, a part of this class, this class is going to put you in the right path with God. It's going to give you the right foundation you need to launch your work with God. So if you want to be a part of this class, please just indicate in the chat room on YouTube. Indicate in the chat room on YouTube. Or you can reach out to any of the ministers. Or you can reach out to Pastor Okbe if, if you know him. Or we can always give you. Just reach out to us and make sure you put your name down. So that we can cater for you. I can assure you your life will not remain the same. This class is going to put you in the right place you need to be. You will hear what you need to know. By the time you are done with this, your work will have moved to the next level. And then you will begin to enjoy the results uninterrupted by the grace of God. So I want to encourage you, please make out time. And for every other person, yes, you've done believer, you've done maybe NCR classes, something similar in the past, or you feel you're a mature believer. You need to keep reorientating yourself. You need to keep renewing your mind. You need to keep hearing the word of God over and over again. So I want to encourage us that our, when we resume our Bible studies, Let's try and make a date with God. Because the more of the word of God you know, the more you can enjoy the results of working with God. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Glory be unto you, Father. Let's quickly prepare.